0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Literature and Lap Dogs. Today we're going to talk about Jane Austen's 1815 novel. Technically, it appears in 1816. We'll As per the introduction. That. As per the introduction to the Oxford World's Classic edition. Classics. Classics. Plural. Excuse me. So I don't find any reason to contradict her. It's, it's my sure. job. Yes. And but you do it so well. I know. you. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so it was actually technically published December twenty-third, eighteen fifteen. Per Echo. Per Echo. It's not really a source. <clears> throat> Students, throat> if you're watching this, please don't cite I'm gonna say it short kick in, but you know what I'm talking about <laughs> in the background over there. Certain AI devices. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, okay, so we're gonna talk about Emma um Jane Austen's Emma. Uh, we're gonna start with a bit of a summary of with my daughter leading the way here through the summary. Yes. Okay. So, are we doing this? Or are we doing the dedication. We do want to do the dedicated Okay, okay. so yes, we're us. going to start from start the very beginning, even before the book starts. With the dedicated So, the Prince Regent, who George eventually became George, George, George IV, was not well liked. To put it mildly. Mm. Even less popular than his father, arguably, but... Mm. Oh yeah, in america it's hard to sort to... of it's hard to so <laughs> <laughs> among other things he was a fan of jane austen so he asked her to dedicate her next book to him which of course a request coming from the de facto monarch is not exactly a request no it's not a request he's not asking he's not asking But Austin and her family were not particularly fond of the regent. So, her dedication is fabulously, wonderfully. To His Royal Highness the Prince Regent, this work is, by His Royal Highness's permission, most respectfully dedicated by His Royal Highness's dutiful and obedient humble servant, the author. Dutiful and obedient humble servant, first of all. And then his royal highness it's like brutus is an audible man yeah his ro- you know it's dedicated like, to his royal highness with his royal highness's permission most respectfully dedicated by his royal highness's basically by himself as well I mean, by his royal highness i know myself. but i'm saying it sounds almost like it's dedicated to him by himself because he told me to Mm-hmm. i could be reading too much into this but it does it does kind of sound like that i've heard it a few times just yeah. recently so. Sure, yeah. okay so we have we have the funky dedication which sounds a little bit tongue-in-cheek who would just think, a little who, would, who think, would think that who jane would Austin. think of that from jane austen just un- unbelievable yeah. mm-hmm. so unlikely anyway um <laughs> so emma woodhouse handsome clever and rich with a comfortable home and happy disposition seem to unite the best blessings of existence I did not learn that. I for some reason just know it. I, yeah, I can't it. You're scared like that. I know um, the entire first chapter of Pride and Prejudice, so and I did learn that. So maybe what I just like read this from an audiobook book and just like absorbed this. It's also the the you know the key detail about her though is the probably like, the most quotable description. Handsome, clever, and rich. Handsome, clever, and rich. So unlike most of Jane Austen's other heroines, she's she's like she has an independent she's not old. losing her house like uh, not at any there's, point there's no immediate pressure for this girl to get married <laughs> but there's no pressure at all for this girl to get married actually she discusses this she does, yeah. like she doesn't even need no to get married. married she doesn't like unless she wants to but like and why would she want to she also kind to? of because points out she like, has fortune she has a house she has companionship like, if she wants it diversion yeah diversion the key is actually to like find time she... by herself <laughs> rather than having to like worry worry about companionship okay so uh it's... clueless as well if you haven't read mm-hmm. it now. it's like the be- it's first of all it's a fabulous it's amazing adaptation of is Austin. and yeah while maintaining her humor while maintaining her humor and uh, and as... it's like probably the best adaptation most faithful even yeah, of, of ever and also manages to absorb the ironic narrator as we were just looking at some of the scholarship. So there's <laughs> discussions about that too, which we may or may not get to at a later point. Um, okay, mm. so she's unlike most of austin's other heroines. She is she's loaded. She's no no incentive to marry. She's not going to lose her house. uh She's already mistress of her house. She doesn't have to contend. So with she anybody. has a fortune of thirty thousand yeah. pounds. She plus but- the humongous house that she basically already owns anyway yeah. because her father's a contract and, and but when he dies isn't, she's he gonna isn't remarrying which she's is gonna, crucial because mm, like good mom yeah but mm. he's he's clearly not there's a few candidates presumably in the neighborhood i mean arguably 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 but but he's not gonna he's not interested which is you know useful for emma um Presumably, if he wanted to remarry, he would have remarried at some point before, you know, somewhere between her mother dying and her. You know, and turning and the fact 21. that her mother dies when she's very, very young, yeah. and she's 21 now. Yeah, so he's, he's had plenty of time, right? He's, he's had plenty of time if he wanted to, he would have. So basically, the only other candidate to inherit um, Harfield is her sister Isabella, but her sister Isabella aside happily. is or is happily happily married she has like four kids <coughs> yeah so four or five i'm oh, gonna have to go look this up now there's an inordinate number of children there's um, an inordinate number and they're children. very busy and um, the husband complains about the cost of having to get his he argues with his father-in-law which probably you shouldn't do but he yeah. argues with him about the uh, the relative benefits of going to one seaside town or another um and they have a, a fairly heated argument at the, at the point where he just points out if you can tell me how to get my fam- family from here to there you know an extra hundred or so miles without incurring any additional cost then sure i'll do it oh, but children ha. Ah. <laughs> okay um <laughs> lots of very small children lots of very small children with 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 which emma is very good emma is really good with small mm-hmm. children right it's like actually, she, she's probably like the like favorite, favorite aunt, aunt emma so. and actually she's, she's just, basically the only aunt okay yeah on <laughs> either side is mean, which is useful it means, means you are the favorite aunt mm. so good for the you hero the hero is called george i really wanted to stick this in because like there's no other place to do it i don't i just i i and i feel like i need to explain this for people who may mm. not be watching this that that is a blackadder mm. reference i'm sorry it's very obscure it's kind of appropriate because it's actually said by hugh laurie when he's playing the prince regent um but it's something that not not many people i, I know I look outside of more. england or like outside of my household because i'm english have ever really seen and, except a few of my long-suffering students sure. i've made some of my students watch bits of it mm. with the design effect they did laugh but they may have been laughing to humor me kind of like it's like, it's like, like okay. reacting She's to the trying. Prince region <laughs> it's like okay she told us, I told us this is funny <laughs> we're gonna laugh now <laughs> there's a thank god there's a laugh track we know where to laugh um anyway it is actually very funny i i just yes, my my students are lovely um they really are anyway um so george knightley he so Emma is like the prince, principal gentlewoman in the small market town of Highbury. Mm-hmm. Her father is the principal gentleman. Mm-hmm. They live at the principal house. principal house called Hartfield. Reed Lodge. Reed Lodge. Mm-hmm. Substantial house. Not as large and as, as Elton's. <laughs> maple Grove later on. Anyway, um, uh, but Mr Knightley lives at the other principal house called Donwell Abbey. Emma does not want Mr Knightley to marry because her nephew is going to inherit Donwell mm-hmm. unless he has children. Yep. I but, mean, I mean... do we want to go into the pushback of that that maybe she's saying she doesn't want Mr Knightley to get married because she's slowly realising that she wants to marry him? Or oh, it's like a conscious oh, thing? Yeah. She doesn't meet really, that argument I but also i think argument, it's like but, but like actually, does it have to be centered like just no i does it actually, have to be centered no. around her wanting to marry him no uh, honestly so, i i mean i, I having just read we're going to discuss we're going to discuss this their relationships is... <laughs> <laughs> the technical term <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so I mean that's that's the that's the protracted version, but yes, the extended is <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, it's the it's it's the scene mm. from *Doubt* actually, where she's like, "Walk away now." By by her, I mean Maggie Smith, when she gets Edith away from the altar, she's like, no, "Let him go." Who let knows, him go, doing who knows this is the right thing. The only sensible thing he's come up with in months. <laughs> Actually at some point we're gonna do a gospel park episode. Yes, we will at some point because but not like, a whole thing. whole thing. Okay. Anyway, anyway, so with... we, we we will talk about the relationship between Emma and Mr. Knightley. Um but, Yeah, so Emma begins when Emma's governess, poor Miss Taylor, has become Mrs. Weston. Begins some like the day of, right? The day Basically, of like her like, wedding. It, begins the conversation between emma and her father like poor miss taylor poor miss taylor she's gotten married she's how gonna awful. have to leave like like how awful yeah. and his father is a... oh, we call him a hypochondriac she will call him a hypochondriac but the word that austin uses is valetudinarian. and i i just love that so much more i know you love that word like it, it sounds like valedictorian Yeah, so. to say it again and slowly and with emphasis a valetudinarian so valetudinarian I mean, oh, that that's good a valetudinarian so if you want to tell somebody that they're hypochondriac, but you don't want them to know that you're telling them that they're hypochondriac, call them a valetudinarian like it's it's uh they will have to look it up they'll have to figure out how to spell it first <laughs> <It's laughs> no <laughs> You're not supposed to react that way. Um, anyway, okay. We're not yeah, are react that way. Well, he is a hypochondriac. He worries about everything. He worries about everybody getting too hot, too cold. It's too hot, um, too cold, eating too much cake. Eating too much cake, eating too much um, food. Not too eating enough gruel. I am going to say, yes, eat the gruel. Um, he's gloriously managed by Emma, though, actually. This, this time was mm-hmm. like, I, I just finished rereading it for the purposes of this, and it was interesting. I didn't hate her. Um, she's not as obnoxious. She's but actually she... very good at managing him, and not in a not in an obnoxious way, right? It's like she she's like, not genuinely mini- cares. She genuinely ca- she cares, cares for him, and she realizes like he actually kind of needs help. So when he's freaking out like, about this rule and him. everything else, and all the little things that he's worrying about, she's finding ways to kind of mitigate the drama. <laughs> um, we running out of diet coke, <laughs> um and 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 help him relax whilst also letting her guests be comfortable as well which actually is quite a feat yeah, especially for a 21 year old for, especially for a has 21 been, year old she's been, she doing, has it, been, it, she has been doing it for a while of course but yeah well, um, actually i mean do we um is it ever suggested that isabella was never was not a hypochondriac before she had kids well i don't or think like, she is massively though well she's not massively but she she's is not like her father she's she defers to her husband i mean she's a little bit like her father but she basically defers to her husband on most things and her husband, john knightley as, is eminently sensible and john also. knightley basically disagrees with with mr woodhouse on most things most most humorously the cost of transferring his family with five kids five plus kids wife. plus wife seven people to a to a seaside destination he's going he's taken them to one and mr woodhouse is insistent that the it's other like, one is better and mr and, and mr knightley's like yeah no unless you can tell me how to convey my family an extra like hundred or so miles without incurring any additional cost we're going to this one and basically mm-hmm. he shuts them up which <laughs> is, i mean he's a lawyer so i yeah he's also mm-hmm. the son-in-law so it's fine he's also like plus like Plus, Mr. Woodhouse has been completely unreasonable at that point. And anyway, they've each other their entire lives, All right, do we want to especially. talk about Harriet? Yes, so Harriet Smith is the natural daughter of somebody. She is a parlour boarder at Mrs. Goddard's school. And in fact, I think we discussed this when watching Downton Abbey because for some reason I feel like I just, like, it's a rite of passage to watch Downton Abbey. Probably oh, is. Were we discussing. What? We discussed and we were just. Discuss- oh no, 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 no! We were discussing Mothering Heights about Mrs. Dean, she was like, "Oh my God, who married her?" <laughs> oh yeah, the 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 name. Mrs. The fact that goddard. she's called- Mrs. goddard is in fact like Mistress goddard because she's like a school mistress. Mm-hmm. It's a, perfun- mm, not perfunctory. What's the yeah, word? it's a title. Formal title, functional title, practical title, courtesy title. Hershey. Kirsty's Kirsty Percy titles like given to housekeepers too. I mean, Mrs. Hughes never gets married in Downton Abbey. Mrs. Reynolds. I I'm, mean, I'm intrigued. Not necessarily that she wasn't. I'm married, intrigued but that like, they don't point that out in Gossip Park. Then, since we're talking about period dramas that sort are of slightly later than this, anyway. um Julian Fellows. Yeah, but Helen Mirren's character, she's got a different name and she's Mrs. Something. And I mean, I suppose she has changed her name, so they assume that she has to have it, That has to mean that she got married. Maybe she changed her name and took on the Mrs. Title because she was housekeeper. housekeeper. Yeah, it's a cursey title though. Yeah. I mean, like, even. But it doesn't you... explain the name change, but anyway, it was making me think of that. Mm. Um, <laughs> random connections. Anyway, okay. so Mrs. Goddard Harriet. Harriet Smith. Mm. So she's 17. And mm-hmm. um, She's not ex- like. She's not the handsome, clever, and rich. Did I say the first line? Did you what? First line. You gave me, yeah, you did the yeah. first line, handsome, clever, and rich. Handsome, clever, and rich? Yeah. With a ha- happy. <sighs> You're gonna forget it, it's right over there. Yes, I am. I'm very upset. Happy home and cheerful disposition. Happy home and cheerful disposition. There you go. Okay, so... so but she, why would bit, she be? Like, She's grown up in a boarding house, like, not boarding, a boarding school, essentially. Boarding school. Right? Without knowing who her parents are. Not knowing who her parents are. Like, I think Mrs. Goddard is commented on by the narrative voice that... Oh, well, needs asleep. <laughs> putting the dog to sleep, apparently that uh, like the education is like just enough that she can like take in a bunch of girls and send them back to their parents with like the basic knowledge and which was but, so like, standard it's not even i mean that, that's so standard i mean if even if you look at jane eyre right for sure i mean because we're going to talk about this a little bit later mm-hmm. um you know rochester comments and he's probably not horribly wrong. But, but in her case too, she, you know, she can play a little bit of piano. She, I mean, she can't actually speak French. Um, and speak French, but yeah. she happens to be at a school where there was somebody who actually spoke French really, really well, and she had that opportunity, which she takes. Um, but she's, for the most part, she's got a bit of knowledge in most things, right? And she's even like, more he's... precocious and interested than Harriet Smith would be in the other stuff. Yeah. So, so that's Harriet Smith is seventeen, but so Emma and basically takes 17. her under her wing. Which um I think Mister Knightley dreads. Mister Knightley's rude about this, and this Mister uh, Knightley's rude about a lot. He's about That's a lot of things, which is yeah. Frankly, she's been rereading. She doesn't like I, the guy. I, I came out of it thinking he was a snob, and actually quite liking Emma. And I'm pretty sure Emma was the one that Jane Austen said that nobody, nobody would like make sure but her. I am taking a um, heroine who no one will much like but myself. I think right. she said that in like the to something. Yeah, which I don't think. I, I mean, first of all, not true, but second of all, and we're going to discuss heroines in a. Minute. Right right but second of all i mean actual, actually um i mean I've, I've read it before obviously but reading it this time around emma's reasonableness is actually quite striking and okay there is there is irony to be read into some of it um for instance the fact that she's so protective about her nephew right not wanting george knightley to get married so her nephew can inherit but there, that doesn't have to be disingenuous that actually that is a real be concern like a, from a subconscious desire to marry him possibly but i mean she's also like, she, possibly but it also doesn't have to be doesn't have to be she's genuinely it's, for, like, it's established she, like, elsewhere she, she's genuinely fond of her nephews anything. she's genuinely fond of her nephews but she's like mm. right and, I mean, her, her, and like, her own her inclination nephews. and her own inclination to not marry right, in order to sort of, you know, and ultimately imagining how the family is going to essentially be reunited, right, when they're all living in the same neighbourhood again, where she's going to have her nephews and nieces around her and Isabella and everybody. Um, But yeah, Knightley has a real problem with Emma and Harriet and insists that Harriet's basically too simple for Emma and all she's going to do is flatter her and basically give her an even bigger head than she already has, he, as he insists, um, and, and he's also, also not nice, to Miss Taylor. I we will get to that in a minute. We'll but also, he um, also he comments that like it like that Emma is not going to do anything for Harriet other than what motivates her, which is actually not that's completely unfair as well because in all honesty, Emma actually <laughs> does do a lot of charity work for people, and yes, again, I mean, that is this, kind of her job. That is as... her job, and she does it. It's repeatedly mentioned, um, I mean, you know, almost in passing, of the various things she does. Is she perfect? No, she does a lot of things that, that yeah. are questionable. And of course, there is the I big, mean, there's a but... reason she's read as being decidedly obnoxious. But she's also. But she's also 21. She's also right? 21. She's also decidedly privileged. She's also massively privileged. She's also basically the head of this, the, the social community. Um, I mean, and basically, she is. I mean, she is de facto, right? um you know she's in place of her i mean she's basically the substitute wife for her for her father as, and, daughters, tend as to be. daughters tend to be and could be trained up to be and yeah. everything else so there's all that and then she's clever as well which is also something that's emphasized right she's very intelligent in the very first line emphasized at the expense of her sister for but example the third word yeah points out that that her older sister was like fell far behind her quite early on right yeah, it does okay. but she couldn't keep up with her essentially but Emma but Emma was the the dominant sister um, don't you stop looking so eager and also Mrs. Weston that's part of the criticism of her too It's part of the poor so, Miss Taylor <laughs> criticism Taylor. From, from Mr. Knightley but anyway on the on the subject of Harriet um he's very rude about Emma's friendship with her and insists that like nothing good can come of it for either of them um you know that he wants her to be friends with somebody who's going to challenge her which is fair but he also is absolutely adamant that nothing she's going to do is actually going to benefit harriet so um it's all gonna like it's all just gonna be you know self-serving and yet the big so the big crux moment is do you want to introduce that <laughs> that when when harriet quite early on gets a proposal from robert martin who's a local farmer right yeah. and uh, actually Tenant ten of, of, of mr knightley's and actually went to mr went to knightley first and, like, and was like hey i think i'm ready to marry i'm explaining. i'm gonna hey, to let me you. let me let me show you my books to prove that i'm ready to get married i can afford a wife um <laughs> these expensive women expensive. um <laughs> which i mean they are uh, you know, I mean, yeah there, there actually, is a practical side to this disgusting. There is a practical side to this this is not the first or last novel where you get discussions about having to have a certain income before you can reasonably expect to get married um anyway rob martin has said income mr knightley approves of him having said income um gets essentially gets his blessing to go and propose to harriet goes and proposes to harriet and then harriet with emma's help quote unquote um she to pretty much write the letter for. Wrote that letter. Well, she doesn't write it. she sort of guides her to, I mean that she clearly is obviously influence me. her influencing her to say no um is totally different I think, but, I it, but... got um but when when we get to the okay, but when we get to the the argument that Emma and mr Knightley have and and Mr. Knightley's absolutely furious that Emma has intervened and stopped it, even though he's actually intervening on his side essentially um. Actually he he's sort of like turning her up to be his agent at some point. Yeah. Right? Well it seems like is it, yeah. he? or is that, that seems like it seems like it. Um but he has, clearly respects him and you know wants him to, to Clearly respects him, likes him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. wants to sort of be a sort of older brother slash fatherly figure towards him. Anyway, when he finds out that Harriet's turned him down, uh Knightley's livid and, and kind of rude to Emma and blames her, obviously. And um you know of course potentially is assuming harriet's even stupider than he thought she was in the first place um emma's response to that though is actually a lot more reasonable um than i sort of remember it the first time around which is actually basically that she's you know harriet's 17 why in the hell should she say yes to the first person that proposes to her Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, okay, Emma's got this fantasy that she's the natural child of a noble person or a gentleman or something that she's going to inherit this massive fortune when she finds out who her natural parent is. But um as, like her father is actually like a wealthy mother. Yeah, her father is I suppose spoiler it's alert. True. Um Harriet's father is actually identified at the end of the text. Um, and he's identified as being a, a reasonably, you know, wealthy enough to keep her okay. comfortable right comfortable in a parlor and you know Mm -hmm. yeah um so i mean emma's not completely right she does have this comment about you know how awful would it have been to find out that she wasn't actually the daughter of a nobleman she wasn't the daughter of somebody who was super wealthy um however she's not completely wrong that you know her father is actually somebody with some some substance and even if she weren't... And even if she weren't, like, there is the class issue that, that Emma seems to be less bothered about than, than Knightley, actually. Yeah, and he's all like... Like, if you Like, Robert Martin is her superior in every in way. In every way. Like, you teach her to... Like, if Emma teaches Harriet to reject every man who's actually above her... Like, teaches her to get such a big head yes. that she's going to reject everybody who's actually above her and consequence she's never going to marry anybody. Right, and that there's nothing that, that hanging out with Emma is going to do for her, except, of course, as we know from other Jane Austen novels, essentially, if you're hanging out with wealthy people, with you are hanging out with. with wealthy people, and your chances of meeting people who are similarly wealthy, who might may or may not marry you, and let's face it, there are other examples in Jane Austen of less mm-hmm. wealthy women because they're pretty, ending up marrying to marrying wealth, right? M- Mansfield Park is an example of that. lady version. Yeah, Bertram. Mary is and she's Missed not. Mar- and food. and she's not the oldest sister. Miss Mariah would actually precisely. Yeah, the that's the point. I mean, um, that's kind of recurring. We we, we, we do live White in this Rose world. Bennett. We do live in this world. Um, mm-hmm. and Harriet's pretty. I mean, Harriet's pretty. She's pretty, and she's like, really nice. Even if yeah. she's not the I mean, like, smartest but she's seventeen. Give like, a girl a break. She's sweet, and you know, just because like she's not clever as. I mean, I mean, I mean, actually, the distinction between like smartness and cleverness is frequently made in Austen. Like, even with right. Bingley was by no means deficient, but Darcy was clever. But there's also, also the issue that she's hanging out with Emma, who is her superior. I mean, as Knightley points out, who is her superior in everywhere. way? She's older. She's, she's older, Apparently, she's better educated. Never like, mind. Never mind whether she's clever or not. I'm gonna hold off on that. She's older. She's better educated. She's definitely wealthier. Right? She's slightly more worldly. (laughs) Slightly. slightly. Um, And is better connected so in every respect right how why would harriet not be doing anything other than like deferring to her in everything because this That's person late. and they've they've only just met it's not like they've been friends forever it's not like they've been friends for a relatively short amount of time and if you think in about because like she's just finished so right hard. and if you think about how friendship structures tend to work particularly early on in friendships right the dynamic can very much be with somebody who's like older than you and everything else that and you do kind of refer to actually like clueless. She was like, Ty, when's your birthday? Right. Like, Precisely, April. exactly. Well, my birthday's like May. 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 Well my birthday is in April. Emma's someone older. <laughs> Can I please give you some advice? Exactly. I mean in right. Emma's case it is in fact like and she's they, four years older. Well is... they also make out the point with Ty that she's she's new to the neighborhood. She doesn't, she doesn't know anybody. Place. She doesn't know anybody. So she of course was... she's and, and she's literally dropped into a high school situation where she, you know, you don't want to not know anybody. It's horrible. It's like, she not doesn't have the right clothes. She isn't there. You know, she's the she's new the kid. kid and totally the new kid. And yeah. that experience means that as soon as you've got Cher and what's her name? Dion yeah. uh, being nice to her she's like, bending over backwards to be nice to them and say "Oh, so, they're so nice to her and she'll like, do whatever they want she's they're like they're, so they're nice they're so cool exactly she like defers to it's their so... influence in everything even though you've also got the issue that she's more experienced than they are <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> in the sense that okay uh, she's had relationships capital yeah, relationships um and and she she's like the pulse making thing, too, right? She's more, mm. she in, in her own way, she's more worldly than they are, which kicks in later. It does, it does, it kicks in later. She, when she's rude to share later the on, version but you can't drive, right? But I mean, also, yeah, but also so her relationship point, with Travis, and also like her, um, like her, her general sort of relationship with everybody else, once well, she's not the new kid on the block. It's like she has her own personality in her own life, which give Harriet some time. Um, like, she could, yeah, could well happen as well. Like and give fact, her the room she goes off and marries Robert Martin without em- without Emma having anything to say about it. I said, I mean she doesn't go off and marry him, but she becomes engaged to him without Emma knowing anything about it. She goes off and makes the decision on her own. Yeah. She does. I haven't read it since the summer, so <laughs> I've just reread it. So. But she does. I mean, that's, like, the the crux of it. She hooks back up with the family. right? And it's like, hey. And and he proposes again, which Emma finds, flat, like, staggering. She thought that they'd turned him down in such a way that they they had turned him down. <laughs> in such a way that he would never propose again. So she's she's more, of like, astonished that he actually asked her again. But that's also her Jane Austen plot structure that, you know, your initial... Up I guess in The first the first not even the first proposal, but the first flush of a relationship doesn't work out. Somebody separates you and then you get back together at the end. Um it's a Bingley and Jane, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Darcy um went I was going more with the Jane and Bingley scenario actually, because um, you yeah. know they know that they like each they other get, very they get again, separated. and they get separated. Um you know, he doesn't, actually, you know, managed, he doesn't actually propose, but it doesn't really matter. Anna Wentworth he does, so there you go, that's the that's the model. Um anyway, yeah. So that that conversation with Knightley though, just to go back to that, he's I, I was inclined to see that Emma's not wrong. And not un, not actually unreasonable either. It's like it's the first proposal she's ever gonna get. Yeah, well oh, no, the first, she's, she's no the first proposal she's gotten, not that she's ever gonna get Yeah. <laughs> the first proposal that she's gotten, she's seventeen, she's not like they haven't she's been friends very in yet. like why would you only like, and she's literally just like graduated from school graduated from but she's she literally just graduated. finished school. Right. Um, she's and finished, okay, this is not a context where she gets to sit around for a couple of years, you know, enroll in college and think about gap what she's year. gonna gap year and think about what she's gonna do with her life. However, she has just made a connection with like the Leader of the the, social community, and they get on like a house on fire, right? Even if Mr. mr Knightley disapproves, they are good friends. Um, and Emma, even though she's obviously a problem character in some ways, does genuinely care about Harry. And she's we've talked about this with Mrs. Bennett, right? The fact that Emma is matchmaking, which Knightley is appalled by, um, is also not. Actually, a terrible thing for her to be doing with her time, because if you think if you think about like I mean Miss Taylor for example, I mean right, what is what is Miss Taylor going to do when Emma doesn't need a a governess anymore? I mean, actually, so the position of governesses and households is actually extremely precarious, right? It's not a good position at all. Like they weren't part of the family, but they also weren't servants, right? Like. I think Jane can't Jane Eyre can't talk to. She just she sort of barely manages to talk to Missus Fairfax, right? She she kind of talks to Missus Fairfax. She's able to talk, but she can't talk to the servants because she's a governess. She's not. It's like she's above the she's servants, above a so She's still she's below, the the below the family, mm-hmm. right? It's a very weird position, and you're it's rife for all kinds of unpleasantness because you are still lot. an employee. Mm. Jane Eyre. Mm-hmm. back to oh, well, especially probably like if you have like the mother and wife is still alive mm-hmm. then it becomes like the kids could start liking the governess more than the mother the mm-hmm. husband could start liking the governess more than the wife well, yeah, and like, you get a Nellie Dean situation where you get a governess who's manipulating the hell out of her door she's the housekeeper but, person, she's, no, but she's the the she, she is the care of she's the her, her sister yeah. Actually that's described directly as the false assistant. Yeah, she, but she's and but she's also, she's also the caretaker, her. caretaker for her caretaker for And she and she's arguably manipulates that relationship so that Heron doesn't know what to do with his own father. I mean, I am willing to take a bet, having just reread the scene where Heron's like, Oh my god, get away from me Uh, that, that may or may not have something to do with Nellie. The fact that he's like I mean, okay, his so father's a drunk as But um the fact that he reacts so, like he's like he, and she also she mentions his father. It, yeah. And she also mentions that she hides him. Right. That she tries yeah. to keep him out of the way and like hide take him away from his father and hide him away from his father. Well, so, oh, really, do you Nellie? <laughs> I guess. Anyway, yeah, I mean, hides, we'll come back to Wuthering Heights but there's I mean, considerable cliche that Austin and the Bronte's are like there's there's considerable issues with that governess role though is the point and and what is miss what is miss taylor going to do when she no longer has she's she got very lucky with the woodhouses because like emma hasn't needed governess in a while and has kept her but they've kept her on as a friend yeah like which is more than generous and and unusual Right, in many it's respects, like, respects, right. It's not, I mean, it's all completely unusual. It's not, it's I mean, you've heard of. There are probably cases where it's been heard of, but, right. so, but it's not. They it's have to not. They don't have to. It's and not it's the typical You know, and it's not a secure position for her because if something happens down, oh, God i You got to bed. Maybe Mr. Woodhouse keeps her as a companion, but unlikely because that's not going to look too good. It's not um, <laughs> surprising. Anyway, um... I Me mean, Weston, so I'm not being settled by the Anyway, um, yeah, so it's it's mm. preca- and the fact that, that Emma takes credit for organizing organising the relationship with Mr. Weston. She also takes credit for organising the relationship with John and Isabella. Right. And even to the extent that it's true, right? Her sister needs to get married, right? And it's arguably so does Miss Weston. Right, not Miss Weston, Mrs. Weston. Miss um, oh, Poor Miss Taylor needs to become Mrs. Weston, otherwise, you know what is going to happen to her And the Harriet needs to marry as well. I mean, right? Harriet does need to marry because, like, she hasn't even got. I mean, she could totally. I mean, Emma could totally keep her honest companion or whatever, like formalized. But she also. Does. I mean, but the best scenario for her, the safest scenario the, for her, is like marriage. the safest situation is marriage. Ironically despite the dangers associated with that, um but yeah no i mean the fact that she's that, that emma is so determined to matchmake for people actually if you if you come at it from the perspective of like looking at mrs bennett and her aggressive matchmaking for her daughters which like the business of her life is together which which married. people grumble about and think is absurd but in fact it really isn't an actually um point about mrs bennett it's like She's not. Her matchmaking is actually not unreasonable. Like she's oh, not God. unreasonable in her matchmaking because, like, Mister Darcy shows up and he's got like ten thousand a year. He owns like half of Derbyshire. He has a like family. he's yeah. the nephew he's and grandson of the Earl. He has like all these connections. The family is saved. And he mrs. goes and Spencer, calls her daughter like, right and mrs bennett has the wherewithal to realize that as soon as he calls her daughter ugly, right like she totally defends elizabeth so there's no she's like don't even bother it's like um, don't even bother like, as handsome. No, as, as is emma with. though when mr elton turns out to be a colossal jerk okay so mr Emma's elton mr Emma's elton is the pastor bypass and he's a i don't know <laughs> I don't know what words I use to describe yeah, clergyman. Like, I just say clergyman. Is little, okay, like yeah, he's the of cleric, cleric, cleric guy And the um, community of Highbury. So Emma, th- Emma thinks that he wants to marry Harriet. Yeah, he actually wants to marry Emma. Mm-hmm. Things go awry. Things go awry. Yes. So the carriage proposal actually. So that was like the scene is like culmination yeah. and they're not actually supposed to be alone in the carriage together but at the same time like he's the clergyman she's the she's principal the gentlewoman. Gentle the no like get away it's a it. mistake they can get away with it like yeah. the first time around and it's because like john knightley john knightley is actually supposed to be mm-hmm. in a carriage with them but he like He's so he's so, his, he's so he's so accustomed to going to this. So the full wife. context for the scene is that it's after a party. Yes, right? at Randall's in r- the middle Randall's, of winter. In the middle of winter, there's a snowstorm. There's a snowstorm. We're trying to get back. Miss, causes Mr. Woodhouse to, to start he's having like, connections. Like, they have to leave immediately. Uh, they're all going to go into carriages. Uh, Miss John Knightley is supposed to go with Emma and Mr. Mr. Elton as a chaperone, right? Because he's her brother-in-law except he, as the narrator points out, out of force of habit, follows his wife into the other carriage, mm. um, which we said was kind of sweet. It is kind of sweet, maybe sort of a um, I mean, he's not—he's definitely, he's, he's definitely his own man in other respects, but it's sweet that he kind of follows his wife into the carriage. Anyway, Amy forgets that he's supposed to be um, accompanying Emma. She ends up in the carriage on her own with Mr. Elton, who she thinks has been making eyes at Harriet, uh, Who has a cold? Who has a cold? And Mr. Elton seems really unconcerned it's like, about so. her, that Harriet has a cold. Um, and Emma keeps trying to steer him back to the issue and trying to sort of ascertain whether that's, you know, whether it's an indication that he really likes her or not. And then as soon as they're in the carriage, he takes a moment to basically... It's like, dear Miss Woodhouse. Harass her. Like, he must not, like... And so, I mean, in Clueless, this is basically the scene, scene after the, the party in wherever part of California, Los Angeles, yeah. wherever. In the valley. They're in the valley. Oh, okay. I forgot that. No, yeah, so, so there's party right in the words. valley. Um, the Cher and Elton. Because it's such a it's like, Clueless is such a beautifully translated, <laughs> so like yes. oh Mr. God. Elton becomes Elton. Yay. who is yeah. a snob. Who actually Elton. says, do you not know who my father is? Which is also the translation, Mr. Elton being a snob, which is good on point anyway, okay so continue. elton goes and kisses share in the car and it's downplayed in the narrator and then it's i feel like it's downplayed i mean uh, it's i mean it, this is very well early. not downplayed but it feels like it's kind of crossed this, over relative to now it's an old film yeah it's 1995, it's 1995. so discussions about consent not yes. quite there not quite there, uh, but so the narrator, Cher, says, like, whatever, she's, like, been harassed. Sex- she says she was sexually harassed, actually. No, she says sexually harassed. Uh, okay. She says sexually harassed, which is kind of true. Like, true. When she says no like she says he, no he, in again. he goes in again right and then she has to get out of the car and she has to go get. and out then of the he car. sort of says get back in the car and she's like no i'm it's not like gonna me. do that and i'm like where are you going yeah like and he like, does leave her and he and abandons he, her the, leaves at her like a gap, gas, gas station, station in the middle of nowhere in a very very expensive dress in a very expensive dress that she's done she does um, then get mugged yeah um she has to call up josh who is Mister Knightley in this case? I support the, the Mister Knightley character for assistance. So, um, yeah. I mean, the hero in this case is called Josh, but, yeah. instead of George. Cute, um, and they also—I mean—they even get the creepiness of the fact that he's her stepbrother, which is genius. Ex stepbrother, but ex stepbrother, but still, if you first, do the, if you do the math, you divorce wives, not family, no, which is not admirable. Children. Admirable. Like, we love Mister Horowitz. Very sweet. But at the and same like, time, if you do the math and you figure out how old she was when like, they were when they were like, when they were Catherine's essentially brother were in like five years, yeah,
1: which means and she was, was like sixteen. 11.
0: She was eleven. Yeah, and he's like twenty-one now. Yeah, he's like yeah. okay. I mean, um, it is Paul Rudd, so you can kind of gloss. It. Like he doesn't age. <laughs> no, he really doesn't. No, people know. have made this point. Like, he, he's, like he's like a vampire. Which is why he can get away with a creepy, vaguely incestuous relationship, which is vaguely incestuous anyway. To give credit to Austin, it's not completely an incestuous. Like it's, it's the same sort of incestuous that Dashwood's is. It's like Eleanor Dashwood marries her half brother's brother-in-law. Well, and and the age difference thing is actually Emma. Yeah, oh god! god, god oh god! Oh god! Okay, yeah, that's another thing. But okay, do we okay, want to talk so, about that, or what do you want to talk about? Um. Well. Okay. So. Should we'll, wait. wait, no, I'm just gonna, we'll talk about Frank and Jane after this. But so the proposal, because I had to listen to this on audiobook it's It says like Oxford World Classics. I can't Oxford World's Classics. World Classics. I can't. Classics. It's dense. I don't like the notes. The uh, yeah, notes. Sorry, Oxford World Classics. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. So suck. please put your notes. So <laughs> the amazing, the like qu- lovely line is like if I loved you less, I might be able to talk about it more, and that's like, it's like, <laughs> ta, it's face, nice. like, mm. no, no, in this case, no, really, no, that's like, oh, and then I heard, th- and then, in the context of the actual proposal, then goes, I must have loved you since you were thirteen. It's like, Ugh. oh, there, okay, that's that's <laughs> nice. Okay, yes. now I can have a face. Oh, I loved you since you were thirteen. That's oh oh, oh and, how old. and you were how old i mean okay okay so there's the thing in bridget jones's diary when he she points out that he was ever so slightly older than her when she was running around in his paddling pool uh but the age difference is nothing like what you're talking about with emma and george knightley and not to mention the fact that he also sort of like positions himself as like an older male authority figure in her life anyway and is nasty to her under and miss taylor we didn't even get and to miss, the point about miss like taylor like he goes and confides in mrs weston and yeah. it's like you were too lax with her. Like, and says that she was a terrible governor. He literally, like, he literally says that you were a terrible governor. Wait, like, Chris, is your teaching style? It's like if I you, mean, like, okay. if you were so concerned about this, why didn't you interfere? Right, and and I mean, uh, like, if he's joking, it's a really not very nice way to joke. And is that really how you talk to people? So, no. no, no. I, would, I mean, and, even if you're almost forty, surely have some social skills please <laughs> learn some social skills and anyway he's, he's like you're a you've been training to be a wife like you would i mean okay it's, it's like the nanny it's literally like friend Fine, the nanny or she's basically goes in she's like, well, but at arguably the same time, arguably a terrible nanny and she's a great substitute no, but she, she has, mother. But like, but, <laughs> i mean she might be a terrible nanny but she's also like a good mother and, right she's a like, good mother figure and she's a good wife figure Right. Like the kids together, adore that's, her that's the whole first of all and um, like she just teach them things um, but mrs weston no, actually poor miss taylor as was is also the perfect substitute mother it says so basically on page yeah, one she's long pages. right so emma doesn't feel the tragedy of having lost her own mother because she has such a good replacement in miss taylor so miss taylor is basically her mother figure okay. up until the point that she's de facto de facto yeah um, up until the point that she gets married no. But even then, I mean even then she's still but even then she's, she's still like I mean or, mm-hmm. who's Mr. Knightley to judge? Where is his mother? No. Uh, <laughs> and he was without mother cast the first stone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly um anyway yeah and no, he knows so much about, i mean the fact that he's unmarried at this point he's it? unmarried his little brother's married hey, his little brother's married he's his unmarried. little brother's married and has five kids this is a moment at which you should be suspicious of the fact that the man that you're interested in is not oh emma's not even interested in actually until later i mean um has not himself you know found somebody else appropriate um anyway okay do we want to talk about okay so on the note of Knightley being too old yes. we're now going to go on to frank and jane Yes. Frank, frank churchill and jane, jane fairfax the, the kind of too young the other it's, it's like, couple. he's it's too like, young well no he's like too immature yeah like, i mean kind of but yeah so frank churchill well, frank weston, knightley, weston knightley, well. knightley criticizes him for that too if he wanted to come and do this he could do it you know but as emma points out though she argues with him he's like if he wanted to he could just come to but visit his father as emma points out he's like you who've had been in control of your life for x number of years and haven't had anybody to answer to <laughs> yeah. all you can see is that people should be able to <laughs> is that people should be able to do whatever the hell they want because you know you've got money and you've got privilege she calls him out on it she does. She calls him out on having like, basically having <laughs> been able to do whatever the hell he wants with himself because he's got money and he's independent. And Frank Churchill does not have that yep. luxury. So, so, Frank Churchill is Frank Weston. Yes. Or was Frank Weston. Mm-hmm. Mr. Weston was previously married, but his wife died in childhood. Following childbirth, shortly after childbirth, yeah, basically. Shortly after I mean, childbirth. Yeah, essentially, in childbirth. Her, she what, she was, was wealthy. She Ish. was part of a wealthy family, but she was cast off when she married Mister Weston. Yeah. But then her brother and his wife are like, "Hey, we've got no kids tomorrow our own. Let's take in the nephew." Mm-hmm. Very. Which practice. actually, like that, that happens first Very of all. Practice. Like it's a common practice. It happens in Mansfield Park with Fanny Price, and it happens, to, it and it happens to one of Austin's brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, like Edward, yeah. Edward Austin Light, yeah think so mm. uh, yeah i keep thinking of james edward Austin lee has <laughs> like a name and a half we digress continue we digress he's a biographer and oh so many issues no because like he got the only full frontal portrait of jane austen that's totally definitely definitively jane austen mm. Was done by Cassandra, but mm. he apparently had it like retouched for his biography of her to make her smiling. And he's the he's the one who made out from the like two inches, like little bit of ivory, two inches wide, which was actually a joke. It was like, dear God, she knew how good she was. Thank you. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure she knew how good. Mm. She was. Actually, actually, what was the quote? Both. I think we definitely digress. I'm sorry, but. Like what was the quote from Virginia Woolf that got misconstrued in the exhibit? About what? The, um, yeah, I know, well, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But which, which? But point? the quote that made it sound like she didn't know how good she was that she was self-deprecating. Oh, there's a few of them. Wolf is <laughs> well, always self-deprecating, though. But it, you, you have the sense not to take it seriously. Um, yeah, and like so, I mean, definitely an issue with. Most writers do no. this, though yes. But women, are, women writers in particular, are also oh. constantly like it's made to sound tri- like they don't know how good they are. It's literally a tr- literally do that as a poet. There's a whole convention where I mean, it's, go back to, further than Chaucer, but Chaucer does it too with Canterbury Tales. It's like I basically I'm taking back didn't Dante do that? They all do it. Um, they basically like apologize for how crap this is. I'm so sorry. I take it back. I didn't like. Take it all back. Just go and join a book. Which <laughs> is the kind it. of a form of marketing. Yeah, of course. That, which they which they knew, and it's age old. So yeah, I mean, if Jane Austen comes out and says, yeah, well, my fabulous novel bestseller, just the best, I'm like just best. So just you're gonna put my my picture, you're gonna put my mug on for bags later, and you're gonna have mugs with my first lines on. You're gonna so. have mugs with my mug on them. <laughs> mugs with my mug <laughs> on them. There you go. It's the quiet of the night. People, the of the yeah. Mugs with my mug on. Yeah, I yeah. know it's completely. It's com- like, completely yeah, convention. Thank you. Wow. Gonna be like, you're gonna be like adapted. I'm gonna be like the most well, like most adapted author, <laughs> pretty much, basically, oh. in Western like film literature. Yeah, film canon, right. whatever, and like Shakespeare, And yeah. Yeah. novelist. The <laughs> Most adapted novelist in Western film canon. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. Range talking. of work, range of work. Range, range of work. Stop contradicting me. please. It's a horrid thing to uh, anyway, okay, all right. So next next on the list, I think I was so, no, thinking like to as we interrupt. I was Frank and Jane. Frank no, and Jane. Jane Fairfax on the other hand she is the niece of the Bateses. we're definitely gonna have to do a part two of this but she's the niece of the Bateses. yes and she's been she's Bates. been sort of like as frank churchill was mm-hmm. she's taken away actually by like a friend of her father's a from friend the of her brothers from the army yeah captain campbell mm-hmm. and she grows up with the daughter whatever, and she's supposed to become like, like sort of like it no she's supposed com- to become a governess governess yeah she, she is a companion to miss campbell until miss campbell becomes yeah. mrs Dixon, yeah, and then she's going to become which gives you in reverse miss taylor oh uh-huh. 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 <laughs> she basically marries the reverse of a stepmother ah, ah, she's, good. <laughs> she's good she's okay, really good this, so this is where we come into like <laughs> hands. Yeah. so Emma is described by Austin the <laughs> <laughs> dog's snoring as well guys are as well I'm taking no one but myself much like uh so the thing is emma is not a perfect heroine no by the romantic standards she's like she's not um, interested in marriage for starters well, that's, like, that's like a big no-no how dare you <laughs> here we go on yeah but like what makes that like Ashley austin really writes perfect heroine but like it's made more astounding in emma because Jane Fairfax basically is the perfect heroine. She's like, she's talented. She can sing. She can play the piano. She's pretty. She's, she's pretty. She's smart. She's, she's educated. Humble. She's, she's humble. Humble. I don't know, She's kind. She's got the irritating female relatives. <laughs> and, and she starts out fictional. Yeah. It's like Miss Bates. Like he is constantly coming back. her. She's not good point, actually. It's hmm? a very good point. She does not start out fictional. Yeah, it's like just through letters. Yeah, like, she doesn't she doesn't even can, show up until like the beginning of volume three yeah, even. Yeah. And even then she's almost ethereal, right? She's barely Yeah, and this, she so, barely speaks. She doesn't really like and is constantly working to show in their relationship yeah, so the with thing, her. She can't engage. Everybody with her. expects Emma and Jane to to be best to be friends, friends because they're the same age. Mm-hmm. Like even Knightley. Yeah. Knightley but, wants them to be best friends essentially why are you dictating like why are you dictating friendships Man. yeah it's like god, a, easier, god. Anyway. oh god really yeah. but um that's the face again but, <laughs> 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 but... <laughs> sorry for any Emma and nightly fans really sorry buffering here sorry Mm sorry not (laughs) sorry are you buffering wait what are you buffering oh yeah jane and emma jane and emma (laughs) really you missed that okay all right so jane and emma they're supposed to be friends because they're they're the same age emma is not the one who doesn't try emma really tries it's like emma really tries and so like jane's come back from weymouth which is Mm. like a sea bathing place um, we'll probably have to save this for part two but emma is decidedly like isolated yeah she doesn't go anywhere i mean box hill first of all is like a massive tourist destination even now mm-hmm. she literally lives seven miles from it she's never been she's mm-hmm. never been she's never been to the seaside she's never been to the seaside that is actually she... like a secret bit from the Gwyneth movie. You mean the Ron one? is it the Ron one? The Ron one is one like they. Oh, make... that's what they go to. I mean, okay, nightly. I mean, nightly does speaker. no, no, no. Nightly does take her to the seaside for their honeymoon. Yeah, but I it's know. made more. Of a but thing. it's made more of a thing. The like it's literally at the or... ending scene, like oh, the seaside. Yeah, I was I was seeing blonde and thinking it was Gareth to... Palfrey. No, Look, Kate Beckinsale is the only not blonde. Emma actually, she's not. She's not canonically described as blonde, but. And at the same time like you hear like Hansen, having, having just gone to see wicked yesterday you can appreciate why they cast her as a blonde mm-hmm. anyway um i mean she's not a dumb blonde but she's like, not a dumb blonde but, actually in the book but like, she Linda's is actually very clever right well she's not completely stupid Oh, well, right? she's not completely like wicked's gonna get it so wicked the musical specifically because the book is weird but it's good to get its own okay yeah, all right it's so emma and jane Emma and Jane. Emma, like no, Jane has just been everywhere. Like, she's yeah. grown up away from Highbury. Emma's grown up. In basically Highbury, never going anywhere except allowed. Highbury. And she wants to hear about all these places that Jane's been, particularly since she's just been holidaying in Weymouth, which is like a sea bathing place. Mm-hmm. Also where she met French church. Which is why she doesn't talk about it. Yeah. but emma keeps asking like hey you've just been to this like popular seaside resort do you want to maybe tell me about it? Tell me it? about it <laughs> tell me about it please, please. Yeah, no, it's, a chance, it's nice there are nice people there it's nice. have a good time it's nice there were people there they were had nice a good people. time there were nice people we they were thought, nice people we talked about nice things i mean there are some very nice people clearly <laughs> well that's we like, but that's not sure why do you want to talk about it um yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, she does. She does lighten up though. As soon as the whole Frank I mean, as Churchill, soon as soon the whole as Frank Frank that Churchill stuff happens, like is cleared away, they 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 S- sort of become Mrs. fast. Churchill's Mrs. So Churchill's goodness. dead. Which also, <laughs> which also <laughs> brings you to the the point about Knightley being wrong as well when he complains about Frank Churchill not going off and doing whatever he wanted and going and visiting his father because oh wait yeah his aunt. His aunt controls his fault. His aunt controls actually, his She's like fault. his aunt is down auntie here auntie in Right. Well, and he's also sick. And yeah, dying. and he's dependent on her. Somebody, he's... like, I mean, even Willoughby, in, in, in slightly indefensive Willoughby, has to deal with an, an aunt who could if she wanted to. And does. And does. Also fact, Edward, yeah. Ferris. Edward Ferris. Edward Ferrars, right, exactly. Knightley has the, like, Knightley actually is the one who's s- spoiled in this situation and not sort of embracing reality. Which is that if you are dependent on a relative for your income, like, or, no, you, you can't just do you whatever. can't you just go and do whatever you want. Um, you know, he's less so he's actually less aware of the real world at that point than Emma is, which as we just pointed out, she's very unworldly, she's very untraveled. This is staggering. Um, anyway, Emma and Jane do become friends. After the whole after the whole Churchill, Churchill scenario stuff. Did I say nightly before? After the nah, whole Churchill, Churchill stuff was cleared away and Churchill. Mrs. Churchill's dead, their engagement's out in the open, What the difference do? But we decide Frank Churchill is immature there. I <laughs> mean, he just wrote her a very nice letter. Or he does write Mrs. Weston a very nice letter. It was basically, or his father. Um, then it's basically... He can be. And like there, there are points like, we've got to keep the engagement secret. I'll imply to somebody, I'll imply to a third party that you've been like crushing on your best friend's husband yeah (laughs) and like oh god actually emma defends jane i think we were talking about this because like there's a point at which frank churchill's like she looks so sickly and gray yeah like like, like, emma's actually emma's like no like i like like she's very elegant she's and she doesn't look like she's pale naturally. She doesn't yeah. look she doesn't look sickly or whatever. Right. And she also obviously she invents her piano playing as well and in they're sort of making comparisons and doing whatever. And she talks about how much better Jane yeah. uh, like, is. Harriet's like, like Harry yeah. Oh, you are infinitely superior. This woodhouse and Emma is absolutely. And I was like, no, 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 she's, no and like, not not in a kind of like self-deprecating. Not, oh, no, 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 not, no, not, no, 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 she genuinely but acknowledges genuinely that like... Vane is actually a better musician. <laughs> <We> <laughs> yeah. She actually does acknowledge what Knightley tends to bully <laughs> her for that she doesn't. A apply bit herself. She doesn't apply herself. Any, actually, yeah. in that vein, she doesn't mm. have to. She doesn't have to yeah. I mean. Like she doesn't need any more than the rudiments really well and she successfully has run a household since she was quite young and she also does all the charity stuff that she's supposed to she's She's great at managing her father and but and jane has to have all these talents because she's meant to be a governess right she has like she needs to be she needs to be like a prodigy sort of Right, because marketability. Right, and Emma's isolation is also not necessarily just because she doesn't have to, it's also because if she, you think about the father that she's dealing with, the prospect of him sending either of his daughters away, you can just imagine how likely that was, like, even though they have the money to do it. He doesn't like change. He doesn't like change, he doesn't like risks, he doesn't like the prospect but, of his children being in situations that may or may not make them sick. You know, sending them away to any places. He just, place even know, like... where something could happen. Um, seems like it's not really... Is this, this also based on the fact that his wife died? Well, yeah, that too. I mean, I think that's partly it, right? That, he's, that there's some suggestion that that's part of the reason that he becomes the way that he is. But anyway, we digress. Um, we tend to do that. It's going to be the new the the subtitle. <laughs> literature and lab dogs. we digress um okay so yeah, yeah. um we think frank is a little immature possibly maybe kind of yeah he can be he can be a little bit but he's also dealing with a high stress situation kind of like mrs bennett so maybe we should be careful about mm-hmm. labeling 23 and he's 23 i mean Maybe we should be careful about labeling somebody as, as coming as coming across as immature because of all the stuff he's subjected to. Like we don't actually. He's got a lot of pressures. With actually, that's the main part. Right. He's also fictional too. He's also like a fictional character for most of it. This, you know, the sort of almost romantic hero type. That comes it's in like It's supposed to, to be the, the the ideal partner for Emily and she sort of vaguely entertaining. Because they're the she same ma- They're the same age. He's the stepson of she Robert tries to mass, she to map romance onto him on various occasions. There's moments where she's trying to oh and the, as she does in Clueless, right? All right, he's like he's perfect for really. me, like he looks good, he does all the you know changes. I mean, in this case, Jane Fairfax translates to he's gay. He's gay, yeah. Okay. Um He's the novel an ideal, woman. yeah. Um, the translation is weird, but um, but you also, yeah, they also didn't have a Jane Fairfax character in there anyway, really. Yeah, so they get rid of her. Um, he's on, yeah, he's unattainable. Well, that's the allure, that's the, that's the translation, he's unattainable. Um, yeah, so um, okay. He does resolve it in the end, though, and they go off and become a happy couple, right? Along, with... oh, she's good at. It's an advantageous marriage. For, yeah, Jane, for Jane. because, like, definitely. she's got her elderly grandmother and her spinster aunt, right? And Frank marries like, her knowing all that too, so it's slightly right. in his defense. In his defense, like, again, so we're defending all the I'm defending everybody. we defending Knightley. everybody, the, but like, Mr. Nobody here. Mr. <laughs> Well, like even attacking Mr. Knightley. Oh, definitely attacking. Mr. Knightley. <clears throat> except, okay, the one, the one moment where Mr. Knightley is actually spot on, um, when he calls Emma out for her classes. Oh gosh, yes, not for, class, for not. It's not even for classes. Not it's, for being, it's for being. It's for being rude. And actually, you know, I'm even going to criticize that because he does say to her, "You know what? If she was actually equal to you, I would let you. You could do whatever the hell you want." She... And you know what? Actually, his point his point is, she's known you since you were a baby. Right. When it was like it was an honor for her so... to notice your existence. So how dare you be rude to her? Because yeah. she's poor. Like, I, well, either or dude. Like seriously, either or Like, it's like it either be rude it's rude poor, like or, it is or rude, it's your elder. I mean, like, it's actually both. But like it is rude. But like, either but suddenly, it's rude because she's poor or because she wasn't. But before. suddenly, you'd excuse it. If, if, if so, if this is, what, this is what we call this is what we're going to call how we segue into the badly done Emma's, the badly done Emma's. Oh, yeah, the badly, they're really, and cool. actually, in this case, it's both badly done Emma's, as and in the other, but also badly done Emma's, plural, the because this is where adaptations, this is where adaptations struggle. struggle big time not that. i mean they i don't think i've seen one where i was like yes i totally love this this is actually getting i mean the scene in the book makes me cry right Mm -hmm. i've thought i know i know everything makes me cry Mm -hmm. um but no no no, it does i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's a really awful thing that she does and it's devastating the reaction that miss bates has right she's she's genuinely very upset She's genuinely upset, um, but she trusts to mask it. And it's not You're like, oh yes, it was like. And it it was... it's clearly because this is somebody that I have known since she was very, and we are friends, like, and I thought some, she was my friend, and she, she wouldn't would say me. this to me, if, if she, if like I hadn't done, something if I hadn't done, done something to upset her, right? Obviously, I've done something to upset her. Otherwise, she would never say this to me. No. Um, it makes me cry. It does. I admit it. I cried on the subway reading this, um, no. a little bit, not a lot. <laughs> i wasn't with you right no you we were not me. I, I was alone and i thought oh, thank god i could um anyway um Jenny <laughs> opens her eyes at this point <laughs> she's like Yo, you did what <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, so it makes me cry it's a sad <laughs> but, it's a really sad moment and, and it's like, th- like it, it's a really unkind thing to do it's really genuinely unkind and it's and it's clearly not something it's not premeditated. It's just it lies like, off. She's being egged on. Plus off. she's yeah, she's being she, egged Mrs. on. By Frank Mrs. Mrs. Elton is there and she's obnoxious and irritating. Mm. And it's clearly mm-hmm. she doesn't think Mrs. Elton's mm-hmm. being snobby about the whole situation anyway. Frank is egging her on because he's got his whole other agenda. Plus, like this is at the point where Emma's kind of entertaining the notion that they might might be, to, might be together. And yeah she makes this huge huge social faux pas social faux pas, it's just mean it's just mean, it's just unkind and and it's really sad because dear, old, it's actually uh Sophie Thompson who does it the best, it makes me cry fun version, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is also with Polly Walker, Jane Fairfax also with but... Polly Walker, Jane Fairfax, and <laughs> Sophie Thompson the actually. incredibly brilliant actress, sister of Emma Thompson um <laughs> You're like, as in random stuff, and you're like, oh, wait, that was her. Um, <laughs> like, of, I know, like she's, she's trying, to, like, she's in four weddings and a funeral, she's, she's in four weddings and We'll come back to that anyway. Uh, yeah, I will die on this hill. She's in the movie. Um, she's in the second wedding. Um, she is the second wedding, she's a brilliant. Um, she married, the, oh, she marries Bern- Delaney. Delaney. Delaney, it's Cinderella. <laughs> Again. In the vein of Blackadder. Again, we digress. Go to the weddings and a funeral. Um, in the a vein of Blackadder, though. Well, uh, that, 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 moment is, that moment is literally a bit before Atkinson, and then, of course, yes. Face, the original Duckface, who has henceforth been playing the rejected <laughs> the rejected woman in virtually everything, except the hour, actually. Um, anyway, okay, so uh, what were we talking about? Ooh oh faces, okay so yeah. no 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 badly done or badly emma's. done emma's badly done emma's in this case it is in fact like
1: i've yeah, already said, said this
0: badly done emma's badly done emma's, and badly and, like, done emma's. like the quotation yeah know, because we cannot get the scene right we cannot no. get it right because it's so because, complicated like it's such because like i mean also this is kind this kind of happens in rebecca like as as a novel mm as a whole like it's so difficult because like we're not in this time period. Mm-hmm. I'm like so, is like we have to clarify <laughs> <We're> not. <laughs> Alas. Where was <laughs> oh, me? Oh actually I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to go back to the medicine mm-hmm. I've designed that I designed that a long ago. Mm-hmm. Medical advances, I'm yeah. sorry, like no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Adam okay. Women's Rights yeah. actually but let's continue. Mm-hmm. Women's rights. No, that's uh, right oh, no no yeah, thank you i, know, thank I you. like to i like to make my own medical decisions and you know not be my husband's chapel um anyway let's continue and have custody of my children um well mm-hmm. this is long we just roll out the list of things <laughs> that you mm-hmm. thanks to ruth Bader Ginsburg. anyway moving on. um she doesn't get all the credit she gets a lot of it anyway go on actually i had not yeah at this point but on um, we digress Let's we go. digress again <laughs> i have even no socks because i i just because we digress um <laughs> but um yeah, but... so knightley's emotions like a precarious balance mm-hmm. like he's angry with emma yeah he's disappointed yep because, like, he, like, it's like bad behavior from somebody like, who's it's related, bad basically related to him. He's like, That's basically related to him. Somebody's basically yeah. like, her whole life. But she's like a sister type. She is actually nice in general. Like, he mm-hmm. knows her to be nice. Not that he ever admits it, but yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that he ever admits it, but Not yes. Admits it. Not that yes. he ever, like, admits that she's she actually a nice, person. but she can actually, like, She's not nearly as vain as he makes her out to be. I don't know. I was reading a different novel, but no, I don't think she is. (laughs) Um, But But he's also, like, upset because he's in love with her. He's in love with her, and this is coming out of the mouth of a woman he loves. And And Miss Bates is his friend, too. Miss Bates is his friend, too. And the thing night nightlies and adaptations tend to have like an overabundance of one emotion or oh, the other of one emotion or the other like in 2020 he's too tearful i think um in 20, 2009 2000 slash 2010 he was, that's the journey, yes so johnny, Lee Mille, John, johnny miller johnny miller and ron gary he he's plays angry. Harless and Daniel he's angry he's too angry, he's too angry and angry. they change the dialogue to be like, if she were your equal, I would allow you some liberty. Yeah, which I hate. Which, like, you're no. like, actu- like, the actual, like, <sighs> the hmm the actual line is like i would not quarrel with you i would not quarrel with you yeah. and the yeah. fact it because like if you change it to be like i wouldn't allow you, like i would allow you it puts him in a position where he's like a male it's like he's, he's aware he's of an the authority relationship. like yeah. he's an authority he has control of her and he's more like a father in that case it makes their relationship even creepier when they actually get together that he even says that to her which, in his defense, and I'm not defending him much here, he does actually say he's not like, you know, I would allow you to do this. Oh like, no, like, like, yep. I, would, I yep. wouldn't take issue with you doing this. Like, I wouldn't take issue with her And he doesn't with Mrs. If... Elton because she is, in fact, Emma's equal in this case. Oh, God, Mrs. Elton. Mrs. Elton. She's just. Make her grave. Well, the yeah. best part is that she's like, the comments that she makes about Knightley as well, and Emma's reaction nightly. to that is like, oh my god, it's like Knightley. Like, I was a perfectly, perfectly gentleman-like nightly. man. It's <laughs> it's like, that's like, what now? If he's who, exact, wife, like, who exactly is your husband? <laughs> like, your husband is not a gentleman-like man, first of all, but also, so no, like Knightley she's calling him nightly she hasn't like yeah. she didn't even meet him before doesn't she's calling him nightly, nightly yeah. mr Emma's, Elson's Emma's, friend mr. E's, okay. mr e's friend and carosposo El- what exactly is that that means the uh so it's dear husband but there it was one of the edits um, so the footnote is that it's one of the edits um it's supposed to be caro but she says Carosposo in the original and they're trying to figure out whether Jane Austen actually intended it to be an error to show off how pretentious she is, or whether or whether it should actually have been corrected. And I, I'm I'm leaning towards it. it probably should have been an error. She should get the end the ending, the agreement wrong. Oh yeah, so there's a bunch of notes here. Yeah. About um it's like it makes perfect sense. That she it. gets it wrong. But so page 254 (laughs) in the explanatory notes for jane frank is irritated by mrs elton's over familiar mode of address that's Mm -hmm. and on page 222 the quote is emma woodhousing me here as elsewhere the characters in the novel respond indignantly to mrs elton's violations of the rules of decorum concerning modes of address and use of proper names First names, unless, for example, referring to a younger sister or daughter as Miss Jane, mm-hmm. were used only in situations of significant intimacy. In this instance, Mrs. Elton ought to refer to Jane Fairfax and Emma Woodhouse as Miss Fairfax, Miss Fairfax and, Miss, and Woodhouse. Miss Woodhouse. Even like even M- Harriet refers to her as Miss Woodhouse. Like even Harriet, Harriet besties. Like, They're literally like Beth. Actually, like, like she's living there every day. Like, like she's practically house. living at the house. It's like, she's going there and every day. She has that whole thing with the ribbon. Like, where the hell she wants to have it sent? Does she send it to Mrs. or Does she send it down? To... <laughs> it's like the reason why she's having such a dilemma about that is because, like, dear God, she's basically living with Emma. Mm. I mean, she stays there for an extended time, which I doesn't mean that she's just going there every day. She's actually staying there right isn't there a room set up for her you should tell me i thought it was and yeah fair point i don't like to be wrong so it's like i didn't i didn't annotate this time so it wasn't like scribbling all over. But, but i'm pretty sure actually there's a room that's made up oh god the bruce landau yeah so caro sposo italian for dear husband an affectation on mrs elton's part yeah the eighteen sixteen edition of the novel printed Caro esposo Caro esposo Caro Chapman's correction, as in C. W. Chapman. Yeah, he did a bunch of editor. But it might be that Austen intended the mistake as a reflection of sure the author. Intended secrets. the mistake doesn't seem like a thing that you're going to screw up. Jane like, you, she best. was as pretentious as they come. Why would she not? And she's an idiot sorry but <laughs> mrs elton is is just obnoxious like she's and obnoxious stupid. and stupid which is a combination <laughs> that nobody likes jane austen definitely like, does not like ego we would definitely be throwing her under the bus with minuscule and it is pretty minuscule miniscule. i mean it's Aust- like, italian errors but Austen's do you think austen would get that wrong i don't think so i mean okay there's all kinds of like errors that you could have in your publishing Etc. But it doesn't seem like the kind of thing she'd screw up. And does not Anne Elliot also speak Italian? Well, I mean, I was perplexed by this as I as we explained in the persuasion episode. But like, I didn't think like well, I. It's kind of glossed over. I didn't realize that like it doesn't necessarily not follow yeah. that because like she. Because she tr- is, explains what's going on in the opera to Lady Dourable. Right. And... I mean, it's, it's, not, not, it's actually, not unheard of. It's not unheard of. Plus, she went to school. So like, like, I mean, not... Well, not the you went like, to she, like, she went 18, to... But, like, I mean, Elliot but, did. But, I learned. Everything mm, she everything. really into... Oh, my God. We digress. Um, but she... Uh, it's not, it's, it's, not like, it's not it's not impossible Mm-mm. i mean emily to studied german for example and they all studied french pretty much so yeah anyway plus it's not exactly like superiorly difficult italian right you don't know you know england pretension mm-hmm. I think I think it's meant to be. I think it's meant to be. Yeah. I mean, her barouche landau and Maple Grove. It's not really a scene where she's like with Emma and it's like, like, have you heard of Maple Grove? And Emma's like, no, 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 yeah, yes, there is. And there's also a scene where she compares the size of Emma's house to Maple Grove and and the gardens and everything, and insists that Emma's house is smaller. <laughs> and her brother's her brother's seat. So she's basically the married version of Miss Bingley. Right. Except except Miss Bingley Bingley. knows. Except Miss Bingley knows a little bit more about social customs, and she's not like that. No, and she's not that. Like she's not that stupid. um, She's not stupid. Like she's decidedly not stupid. She's not stupid. (laughs) She knows when to fold. Actually, she does. Disgusting. She knows when to fold. It's she does. I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I do. It's I'm, disgusting I'm in the epilogue. I am being like, slightly unfair. To it's support. like she maintains a friendship with Georgiana. She does. Yeah. She doesn't enough. keep insulting Elizabeth because, like, she wants to be able to say, "Like, I spend I my summer at Pemberley, with Pemberley and I'm with friends Darcy's. with Georgiana Darcy." She knows when to fold. Yeah. It's like, and she, she wants, knows what she's being And she wants to stay in terms of their brother because let's face I mean, it, her brother's married to Jane, like and Jane is not as much of as a pushover as people think like she Jane is Neither or... is Bingley. Like... Mm-hmm. So actually, I mean, even they mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. in the epilogue. Yeah, even... they move away. <laughs> they move away from standing anyway, within twelve months. Within twelve months, smart move. It's, um, <laughs> it's like oh god, it's like oh god, I'm gonna find that now. I'll try not find that out. But we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up in a <laughs> minute. Um, but yeah, so it's it's we have we have obnoxious heroines as well, but not heroines, obnoxious heroines. female characters. Obnoxious female characters. They contend with contenders. Emma as well. But back to the badly done Emmas. The badly done like, Emmas. Yeah. I feel like in 2020 he's too tearful. And in, in 2009 he's just disc- too angry. Disc- angry. Because, and they change the dialogue. And it doesn't work in Clueless. To their detriment. It doesn't work in Clueless. It's not enough. I mean, it is, but it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate. Happen. She so she makes a comment. She mis- like she when she t- she tells Lucy the housekeeper that she doesn't speak Spanish. Doesn't speak. Doesn't speak Mexican. And then uh, Lucy's reaction is like she's not Mexican. She's from El Salvador. I was points Ash- No, it's like, points out. Ash, It's very like I the mean, implication it- that like <laughs> Josh talks to Lucy. Yeah. Or at least enough to know that she's from El Salvador. Yeah. Um it doesn't it doesn't quite really hit as much hit as mu- it should it but sh- it's also not the same thing it's um, it's 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 it's, um, it's the chair's character's ignorance it's not her calling out somebody that she knows and loves for you know for a characteristic that is like really what for, yeah right which is something that is so integral indig- <laughs> space never shuts up Basically, Never shuts, shuts up. up. So the fact that Emma makes this comment about her saying, you know, you're, you're, like, only, you're limited to three stupid things to say, uh, very dull things, um, is just uh, it's gut wrenching because it's, that's it's, like, it's like only what evil. she does every day. And whilst I absolutely can, like, I absolutely agree that Cher screwing up where her housekeeper, like her maid, is from, is deplorable and it's insulting and everything else. It's not the same like, caliber it's, it's, of thing. Because not that's ignorance it's that's not her ignorance it's not necessarily it's not it's not a it's not well, a it's not unique. a dig at lucy like, so, like it's ignorance it's for not a dig her, it's not a dig at lucy for her like any any aspect of her behavior or personality mm-hmm. or or anything like that it it, it falls on it falls on, Cher. It falls on Cher. right mm-hmm. which it shouldn't it has to fall on this base it has to be something that that like makes her think oh dear god have i been like have i done something have i done something it's like if i done does she something really find me does, does she really find like, me this irritating does she really wait, find me have i really been me? this irritating yeah because i it has to be me yeah it has to be me she would, yeah, me. She she would, she would, would never, never say that to to me, me because because as a fri- like, she's like she's my good friend. friend right it's yeah. that you see this is why i cry <laughs> <laughs> you ridiculed me and I, now you get it now you get it done. Okay, and then the other with the Gwyneth Paltrow one. What do you think about the Gwyneth Paltrow one? Or do you think it's good? I think it's great. Well, I think it's mm, the badly done I Emily. Mean. I he's he drops his voice. I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. and he comes up very close to her, and it's very, it's almost kind of like, like he's almost kind of acknowledging that. Wow, I find you really hot. Um, in the sense that he's right up next to her, he's right up next to her neck, and there's a kind of sort of homosexual thing going on there. Um, but it's also slightly e- creepy. Um, it's the be- I think it's the best one of the ones that I've seen. It's the closest. Um, the really, really old one that I grew up on. which I'm, yeah. <laughs> I I'm not that old. That. I delight in saying that. No, you're not, I did grow up. No, with this is the one time I, grew I up with it on box set. Okay, it's my parents bought for old. me. I had. I also had the Timothy Dalton Jane Eyre, which you've never seen. <laughs> <A who>? <laughs> <laughs> the Timothy Dalton Jane Eyre. What I grew up with, I, know, I you. know. Thank God, you be much more fortunate than I was. Oh, God, um Speaking of, although I have to say the, ch- the 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 the. Kid section of the one that I watch is better than the kid section of the originals, so and anyway, we'll get to that. Um, uh, the, early <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the early years, um, the early years. Um, anyway, so okay, it's so it's badly done, Emma the badly done. Closest one I think is the Grand Paltry one, but even that is kind of like yeah, me. Uh, uh, um, also, I mean that's just on my side of badly done Emma's Yeah, it doesn't Emma really- is remorseful. Like immediately, yeah. She and I mean, she tries. She tries to be like she tries to. It's sort of of like concealing. She's trying to downplay for her to make herself feel better. It's like a Mm self-soothing thing. Like I dare say she didn't understand me. Like well, she says something. She says something right after. Mm. Miss Bates says says something out loud right Um, after.
1: It's
0: about like like oh yes, very problematic see if we can find it but she she no she acknowledges it in the moment right after wow. um well that's why it's so sad this is why i cried again mm-hmm. um anyway yeah so it's it's and her rea- so her reaction with paltry thinking is not good well, no basically everyone else is like and was upset yeah like, Except the Gwyneth Paltrow, she argues with him, right? No, that's the 2021. Oh, the 2020 and... When he's too teary. When he's too teary, she argues with him in that one. No, I... When's the one that she argue... No, Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale that's argues. The one. With... I thought Gwyneth Paltrow argued in as well No, Gwyneth Paltrow is teary. She just bursts. Well, okay. No, <laughs> 2021. She busts okay. It. You never, you never saw but... her. You never saw her Oscars acceptance speech. But gonna let that one go. You just said Gwyneth Paltrow is too teary. You know she bursts into No, tears. Gwyneth Paltrow is teary. 2020 right. is well, like... you said she is teary. 2020 argues. Okay, but Gwyneth Paltrow is teary. Or like mean, we did make me think of the infamous Oscar acceptance speech. Okay, explain this to me later, but... Are we wrapping up For, here? Yes, we are wrapping up here. Um, okay. okay. Okay, but I'm still trying to do what it is. I don't touch the Oxford Worlds classics. You don't, don't touch the Oxford Worlds classics. Mm-hmm. The Oxford Worlds classics. That's my mouth full Um, I was like fumbling for you, I just read this. So I didn't buy any adaptations. This is Emma and Jane. Out. Okay, fine. Like... <laughs> find the other bit. You've got your iPad and you do what? Yeah, so. You have it on your iPad. Mm, three Very dull, one. <laughs> three, very dull. Yeah, mm. Okay. What did you do? I'm oh my. A very well explained," exclaimed miss bates "Then i need not be uneasy three things very dull indeed that will just do for me you know i shall be sure to say three dull things as soon as ever i open my mouth shall i looking round with the most good-humoured dependence on everybody's assent do not you all think i shall emma could not resist ah oh, ma'am but there may be a difficulty pardon me but you will be limited as to number only three at once miss bates deceived by the mock ceremony of her manner did not immediately catch her meaning but when it burst on her, it could not anger, though a slight blush showed that it could pain her. Oh, well, to be sure. Yes, I see what she means, turning to Mr. Knightley, and I will try to hold my tongue. I must make myself very disagreeable, or she would not have said oh, such it, a yes. thing to an old friend. <laughs> oh, God. So, so, see, so she reacts right after. So oh, God, no, no way. And, and then... she says it to Knightley as well, so like, Emma has to be right there. Um, Mr. Weston... Drops his very uh, joke at the yeah. end, well, no, game at the end. What two letters express perfection? Oh, gosh, yeah, the yeah. E. It's like M and A. M and A, yeah. and yeah, um, after, yeah. after that, understanding and gratification came together. It might be a very indifferent piece of wit, but Emma found a great deal to laugh at and, and enjoy yeah. in it and so did Frank and Harry. It did not seem to touch the rest of the party equally. Some looked very stupid about it, and Mr. Knightley gravely said, this explains the sort of clever thing that is wanted, and Mr. Weston has done very well for himself, but he must have knocked ev- up everybody else. Perfection should not have come quite so soon. <laughs> yeah, that's Mr. Knightley's doing. Anyway, okay, so there you have it. The, the gut-wrenching that situation of from space who does totally realise at the moment and it is tonightly it's like, and not it's not a massively social awkward situation. Go read Emma, it's fun. Uh maybe go watch the adaptations because why go not? Definitely go, definitely, you definitely go watch Clueless. Definitely go watch Clueless because that is actually yeah, good. Just like um they almost, um, other adaptations are good too really are. I mean it's average. not that other adaptations are bad. They're the they're fun. They're not terrible. They're definitely not as bad as Prince Brothers do there you go. Jane Austen's Emma. Mm.